Today is Tuesday, May 7th. It's time to drop the hammer. Along with Ben Sheeran, I'm Teddy Rodquist. Ben, a lot to talk about today. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm feeling V-lit, and I'm keeping it 100 <laughs> after uh, I saw that millennial car that Kevin Harvick is going to be running in the All-Star race. Yes, say what you will about Kevin Harvick, but I mean, he's he's a man of his word. They're following through on their, their lost bet. Hey, Kevin Harvick's cool, I guess. You know, if he started saying lit or skirt skirt, you know, it, it, it'd be work out for him. <laughs> yeah, that that car is, is something else. It, and even though it's, you know, ugly as hell, it's going to get some attention. Yeah, it's it definitely has a lot of attention. I'm glad that that they made some changes to it, and that's pink. So that'll look uh, interesting for sure. For sure. And, you know, to, to hop right into Dover, I mean, the two guys we talked about last last week on the show that needed a good run both had a good run. Alex Bowman came in second, Kyle Larson third. Bowman was the one to me that really stood out, and I, I wrote about this in my most recent article for Catch Fence. I mean, you know, he – had to start from the rear along with Truex and then steadily improve throughout the day. Seventh in stage one, second in stage two. Looked like he was going to win stage two until he, you know, got a little too high and allowed Truex to take it on the final lap there. And then obviously finished second for the second week in a row. He's really looking like he could be the Hendrick driver that steps up alongside Chase Elliott. And boy, does Hendrick need someone to step up. Yeah, yeah, exactly what you said, and it, it's good to see him running well because I think we all knew that he's got the talent and he's got um, the the ride, the drive um, to be able to um, be a successful in, in the Cup Series. It's just, you know, Hendrick, Hendrick just hasn't had good cars the last few years, and that's, that's kind of what held him back, in my opinion, last year. You know, he made the playoffs, so I thought that was also an indicator of his success and what he could be. So to see him now break out, get that second top five in a row and second place in a row. Um, it just shows me that I think he's steadily approving. And like you said, he's he's ready to become that second driver for Hendrick Motorsports that kind of brings them back to the forefront. And uh, I, I think we're going to see a win out of uh, Alex Bowman sometime this year. I think so, too. And, you know, Mike Joy said this on the broadcast yesterday. You know, in his cup career, he's finished everywhere from – second to 43rd every single spot it's uh first is the only spot he hasn't finished so i that'll feel like a like a monkey off his back i get what i bet when he finally gets it oh yeah and especially where he's been in his career with all the um with all the the different uh rides he was at especially tommy baldwin racing bk racing like those are two places that just were not successful and both of them don't even exist anymore um so it was It'll be good to see him get into victory lane just because he's a great underdog story. And he, he, he's like Ross Chastain, you know, you root for the guy to do well. Yeah. yeah. And then with Kyle Larson, it, it was, it's a little bit of a different scenario with Larson where it really seemed like it was just a series of bad luck before, before his strong run at Dover here, it was six races in a row where something came up, either a wreck and, you know, an engine issue, something and that little spoof video they did with Jeff Gordon where they went and got the rabbit's foot and, you know, the candles and stuff, I thought that was pretty funny. But hopefully this could serve as, you know, a confidence builder and a, and a turning point for Larson because he, along with Kurt Busch's strong season, J- Chip Canassi could be a force to be reckoned with if Larson's figured something out. Yeah, I mean, Larson was so good last year. The only thing he didn't do was win. I mean, he was he was the best Chevy driver for 
up until probably August when Chase Elliott started winning a bunch of races. So it it's uh look I mean Larson was just happy to finish the race, but for him to get his first top five of the season, that was huge for him. Um going up to another track where he's really good at in Kansas. So if he can uh hopefully that's gonna uh, jump start his uh his kind of run towards uh, winning races and making the playoffs because he's, I think he's still out of the um, playoffs in the standings right now. Another cool takeaway that I had from, from this Dover race was that this was the first time since 2014. And I believe it happened at Talladega when it happened in 2014, that the first and second place finisher each had to start from the rear. And, you know, that was obviously the case with Truex and Bowman and Matt Tiff too, failing uh, their pre-race inspection. So I thought that was just an interesting little factoid that first time in five years, first and second, you know, had to start from the back and work their way up. Well, and it made post-race inspection really entertaining. You know, you didn't know if they were going to pass inspection uh, to keep their positions because of, you know, starting for the rear. They started from the rear. Maybe they, maybe they made another adjustment to make the car not legal again. So it, it was just, it was really just unbelievable to see Truex, you know, make the pass on Bowman and then stage three, he just took off. Like he just had such a better car than everyone else. And when before that, you know, you had guys staying within a couple seconds of each other, you know, it was yep. a, a closely packed race. And you saw a um, diverse group of leaders with Keselowski, Bowman, um, Chase Elliott. So um, if I, pardon me if I'm forgetting anything else, but um yeah, it, it was such a good race. And then stage three, Martin Truex Jr. just opened up a can of whoop-ass on everyone else and uh, ran away with it. Yeah, he sure did. One by nine and a half seconds. And even though Truex obviously didn't have didn't seem to have too many issues passing, even though he said he did, that, that leads us into, you know, our bigger issue here. And I'll let you take this, you know, this package. It's, it's facing outspoken criticism now. Oh, yeah. I mean... Kyle Busch has been the most outspoken uh, driver against it. But, I mean, especially after yesterday where, you know, you, you saw most of the passing happen because guys were getting held up by lap cars. And even with it tough to pass, I just – it frustrated me to see guys getting held up by the 27 car, the 15 car, and the 77 car, guys who really just shouldn't be out there on the track. I mean, that's yeah. got to do something. They, they posted the 77 for minimum speed, yet, like, he was still getting lapped, you know? It's like, when you got guys getting going 10 laps down, 150 laps into the race, that's ridiculous, you know? You got to start doing that because at the uh, at the end of the day, they're just moving chicanes, and they're going to they're gonna cause some problems, you know? It's one thing to have a guy like Ryan Newman be almost impossible to pass when they're getting lapped, but it's it's another thing when you just shouldn't even be out on the track like the, those cars should. I agree. And what I thought was really interesting was, you know, dri- drivers criticizing the package is nothing new. I mean, that's, and particularly with Kyle Busch, I mean, not even limited to his rules package, going back to, you know, 12 years ago, the first car, car tomorrow race. And, you know, Kyle Busch won it at Bristol. And immediately after he was like, yeah, th- th- this car sucks. Not a fan of driving it. So Kyle Busch being outspoken is nothing new, but... What I think could potentially change the tide here is we saw, and you know, some owners start to express some frustration. You know, Bob Levine, one of the the co-owners of you know D Benedetto's '95, he on Twitter was not happy about it either, calling it terrible. It's, 
I think that's a particularly messy hornet's nest for NASCAR if the owners are upset about it now and they might have to do something. Yeah, surely they had to start looking at at it with 11 races through what what they can do just to change it up because right like fans fans are starting to turn away from short track races which have been the best races last year they were the most entertaining and all of a sudden fans are starting to turn away because you just don't see anyone passing each other you know it's so difficult to pass it's not even difficult to pass it's difficult to run up on someone Brad Keselowski you saw him drop through the field like he had a anchor attached to the back of his car and Chase Elliott couldn't even get a half second within a half second of him unless he was getting held up with a lap car. You saw how slow Keselowski was and that he was held holding up a couple of guys. So it is, it's just interesting how not only is it, is it difficult to pass and especially in lap traffic, but it's so difficult to run up on a guy in short track racing. And that's, that's what's making it more, more frustrating for fans and for the owners and drivers. I think NASCAR, one of my bigger issues is they're getting a lot of their input, I think, from, you know, from engineers who are obviously very bright, you know, Ivy League educated in some cases people. They're very bright people, but a lot of those people have never worked on a car, never been in a car. I would love to see, you know, the crews, the drivers, people that are, you know, the day-to-day operations have more say in it because they're the ones that really make this sport go and really know, I think, to the fullest extent what they're talking about yeah and i i just think nascar has to say something on what was going on you know like what are they doing are they considering anything are they you know going to keep it just because you know hey we decided this is what the season's going to look like so we're going to stick with it they just need to say something again like after they're criticizing, they just need to respond. They need to respond and say, well, we're going to look at it, and we're going to maybe throughout the next few weeks because it's not going to go happen overnight. They're not just going to change the package overnight. It's going to take a couple of weeks, and maybe even the Charlotte uh, the Charlotte package, you could see some elements of that maybe um, be added to the rest of the season. So I, I don't know. I, I just think NASCAR has to say and do something. Just to, That's a good point about die. the Charlotte package, and – I agree with with the longer NASCAR waits to say something, I think the worse and worse it looks for him. You need to get out ahead of it and, like you said, seem proactive, like like they did with qualifying. They did a good job of, you know, clearly the group qualifying had turned into something that they didn't want it to be, and they were like, all right, we're going back to the way it used to be. That was a good job by NASCAR, I thought, taking the bull by the horns there, and I don't understand why they're just hesitant to get out in front of this. Yeah, they did a good job reverting it back, but they also did it six races too late. Yep, you know, they yep. had another couple qualifying disasters before they decided, oh, let's go back to single car qualifying. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's just like they got they got to start doing something or saying something, just not you know acting dumb and twiddling their thumbs. I agree, and we'll see here because, yeah, like as – if nothing changes, I doubt the criticism's just going to go away. It's probably just going to get louder. But I'll let you take us into our, our interesting history factoid of the week relating about Eric Jones. Yeah, so Eric Jones in 2015, he uh, debuted at Kansas, uh, subbing for Kyle Busch, who broke his leg at the beginning of the year, but had such an impressive debut on, you know, just he passed the eye test is what happened. He, he ended up crashing. Um, probably just because of inexperience, but I um, mean, qualified 12th, he led a lap uh, within pit cycles changing. Um, 
he was running fourth while he was crashing, and he was making a lot of headway through the field. And to me, like, he really could have gone up there and challenged for the win in his first race. Like, it was just so impressive of a debut. We talked about Justin Haley last week. Yep. Just, it showed so much promise that Eric Jones had coming in the sport. Whether he's lived up to that promise um, is kind of, is neither here or nor there. It's for debate. Um, obviously, if you look at where he finished yesterday, finished six, he, you know, you can start to see more of a consistency to Eric Jones, but mm-hmm. I thought it was, it was definitely notable to bring up his debut just because it was so recent. Um, and is that the, is that the only race Jones has ever ran in the 18? Yeah, that was the only one. Um, he was in, he was there in substitute for Kyle during the Coke 600. Right. Yeah. Bush got that. injured at, at Daytona, I believe. Yeah. I, I'm surprised he didn't, they didn't put him in the car earlier. I think, I think the sponsors wanted David Reagan, but I think Joe Gibbs should have put him in a couple more races before Kyle Busch was going to come back. But yeah, and you know, to talk about some some paint schemes, we were joking around about Kevin Harvick's millennial car for for the All Star race. If if you haven't seen that, hop on Reddit or or you know check out uh, Bush Beer's Twitter account. They they got a funny video of it. And, you know another one I liked. You know Martin Truex. I like his traditional Bass Pro scheme, but I liked his uh, his black and blue Sirius XM scheme yesterday. I thought it looked really good. And then for Kansas here, Kurt Busch is running his global poker scheme. You know, when they first announced they were going to run some races with that, I wasn't sure about it. But it's it's kind of grown on me. You know, Kurt Busch's black car makes a lot of stuff work, and I think it's going to really pop under the lights. Yeah, for last week, I think my uh, paint scheme of the week was uh, the one-off Napa scheme that Chase Elliott ran. Ran. I like the black and yellow. That looked pretty cool. But um, for this week, uh, I think I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney's body armor. Uh, not only just being a big body armor drinker, I think it's a delicious drink. Uh, so shout out Body Armor. Give them a plug. There we go. Sponsor the show. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I just think the car looks cool. I like the paint, way the paint scheme looked uh, last year. And this year, I think they added a little bit of uh, was Dayglo Yellow. Uh, to that car so i think that car is gonna look pretty good and you know you see about those paint schemes you know you talked about martin Truex jr those paint schemes look the best when they're running out front and winning races yes sir and speaking of winning races i actually got a slight edge on you on our eliminator last week you know i had to use one of the big guns harvick to do it but you still have a sizable lead in the standings more than six places and on average on me and our eliminator who are you going with this week for your race winner and your eliminator in the Digital Ally 400 at Kansas Speedway, which will be on Saturday night, if you didn't already know, due to Mother's Day being on Sunday? Yeah, uh, definitely uh, got to take some time off and, and celebrate our mothers. But um, for sure, for the for the race winner, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. Um, he's just been so dang impressive this year. I mean, I, it makes me want the old point system back because he's just – dominating the cup series has finished in the top 10 every race this year his top 10 streak goes back to uh two races in the 2018 season so i think he's going to win the race he's usually pretty good and at kansas uh i come i think for my eliminator i'm going to go with austin dylan really no rhyme or reason i haven't used him um i was looking he had a, he had a solid average finish he hasn't been in the top 10 at kansas in the last four races but i just need to use him and uh I don't know. I don't want to use a big gun yet. So Austin Dillon's going to 
take the fall this week. Austin Dillon's a good pick. I mean, he's a guy you can count on for, you know, usually uh, somewhere in that 10 to 14, 15 range, sometimes even better than that. And like you said about Kyle Busch, too, he got his 11th consecutive top 10 this year, tying Morgan Shepard for the most in a single season. And Shepard did in, I believe, 1990 or 91. Yeah, how about that? Morgan Shepard. Of all the guys you would have thought would have had that streak, I would have never thought it was Morgan Shepard. Um, off the look, I think he was either driving for the Wood Brothers at that time or Bud Moore. But I mean, Morgan, obviously, you know, with us being some younger guys, uh, we remember Morgan just kind of being a uh, field filler almost. Yeah. Um, he uh he back in the day in the nineties he could really uh really uh run. Let's see, uh, let's see. It was nineteen ninety. You said. Yeah, I think it was 1990, 1990 or 91. Pretty sure it was 90, though. All right, let's see. He drove for Bud Moore in the motocross yep. car. Um, yeah, you're right. That was, that was the year he went all the way through Dover, coincidentally, uh, before he did not have a top uh, 10 in Sonoma. So it'll be interesting to see. I think Kyle Busch will definitely extend that. I mean, he's 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 just been so dang good this year. I mean, it's just he's had one of the best – you know, he hasn't won a lot of races, but points-wise, he's having a, a, one of the best points seasons in uh, recent memory for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think we're gonna gonna witness some history on Saturday night. Even if even if he doesn't win, I feel very confident about him being in the top ten. For my winner, I'm gonna go with Joey Logano. You know, he he won stage one yesterday. The, I think you know it was an interesting approach by uh, Logano and his his crew chief Todd Gordon. They I think they knew they didn't have the fastest car, a car to win the race. So they were like, you know what? We're, we're locked in. We're second in the standings. We're just going to go for, for stage one here and get this done. So it was a, an interesting approach, but I like him to win at Kansas here. He came in the top five in all three stages of this race last year, and he's, he's just one of the best on the circuit. So I'm going with Logano. And then my eliminator, going with a guy that you liked as your, for the paint scheme, I'm going with Ryan Blaney. He, he did not finish well in this race last year. But he won the first stage, came in third in stage two. I'm having a hard time recollecting off the top of my head if he wrecked or not because I, when I looked it up, I saw he finished 37th. So something must have happened. But he was running well early. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope that can repeat itself and go with Blaney as my, as my pick him. Yeah, he and Larson wrecked out because it was Blaney, Larson, and Kevin Harvick who were kind of having a three-way battle. That's for, right, yep, yep. For most of the race. Um, and then Truex ended up getting out front and passed by Harvick uh, late there. But I, I think it's a good pick. Ryan Blaney is usually pretty stout at Kansas. And I, I think he's got the potential to win a race. He's another guy. We're just waiting to see when is he going to get another win because it's just he comes close and he runs well every week, but he just hasn't been able to, you know, put it all together. So, and. I saw an interesting question. We'll go back to, you know, go back to Reddit for this one. This is just a completely hypothetical opinion-based question. If Ricky Stenhouse was in, was with Penske in Blaney's equipment, do you think he'd be performing better, worse, or right about the same as Blaney's done so far? Hmm. Uh, that is an interesting question. Um, I doubt why is Ryan Blaney's a little bit better than Stenhouse. I think Stenhouse would be running well. I mean, I don't think he'd be running terrible, but um, I think he would be more around, 
uh, along the edge of, you know, just getting running around 11th, 12th, getting that top 10. Um, yep. But I don't think he'd be like contending for wins as Ryan Blaney has done this year. Um, I just think Ryan Blaney is just more talented overall. I think Stenhouse is just had a little struggle with the cup cars compared to, you know, Blaney really hasn't adapted as well as he could have. That's a good point. Ben, appreciate it, man. Appreciate y'all listening. We'll talk to you next time on Drop the Hammer.